And we're back. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Try Hard Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we will preview week eight uh, of DFS. We'll go position by position and we will um, introduce our head-to-head lineup and how Brian will lose this week and I will come back to, we will go back to being 500 again. So with without further ado, uh, I'll introduce my co-host as I am the host, Stephen, as everybody knows. Um, Brian, how are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing well. That was a clean intro. Clean. Yeah, I thought we were winging it. <laughs> we are. We're going no notes, no nothing. Let's see how it plays. I think we, we're off to a good start. We we got this. All right. So this week, there's. So let's just let's just get right into it. So QBs, um, QBs this week in DFS. We got Patrick Mahomes going up against the Jets, and that's that's like that's like one of those. It could either be a forty-point game or it could be like a fifteen-point game because he doesn't need to score points, you know. And I don't know that I trust it. Russell Wilson, it, it seems like a trap game too, going against a division rival, and that division's crazy. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know why he's up that high. He may throw four touchdowns and get twenty-five points. Um, Lamar Jackson against Pittsburgh, uh, very good defense. Josh Allen against New England, another good defense. Got Justin Herbert against Denver. That's like the first one, but he seems overpriced based on, like he's done well this year, but still seems overpriced for 6,900 against Denver. Oh, do I get to jump in now? Well, I mean, I I feel like the the, the highest-priced quarterbacks just – aren't really in play unless you trust Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think they're they're fine tournament plays in the same way like everyone in DFS is, you know, GPP viable. Like, sure, yes, can you stack Patrick Mahomes and possibly, you know, have a good day? Of course. Like, he certainly could. But, yeah, I I agree with you. I don't trust any of them in cash. Um, Of the the 7,000 and above, like you said, I think Mahomes and Wilson are the only two I'm even really considering – um, it's supposed to be terrible weather in Green Bay this weekend with winds up to, you know, of 25 miles per hour throughout the game. We just did a segment on our le- latest podcast uh, before this talking about how weather affects football and, you know, high winds is one of the most dangerous things to an offense. So Rodgers is going to be dealing with that. And as you said, he's not a high yardage guy, so he really has to go crazy to you know, justify a, a price over 7K. Lamar Jackson hasn't been great all year. I think he'll be fine. I'm not going to buy the bounce back against uh, Pittsburgh, though, this week. And like you said, Josh Allen facing a good defense in what should be the worst weather of the weekend, which is saying something this weekend in New York, where not only is it going to be windy, but it's going to be rainy and snowy as well. So, yeah, none of the guys over 7K are really inspiring and even the guys just below him justin herbert and ryan Tannehill, like you said i think they're a little overpriced at 6800 and 6900 respectively they're both fine plays but i'd much rather pay 6400 somewhere around there for them than than just about 7k yeah i i totally agree and so like as i'm looking through the the qbs ben roethlisberger at 6600 are you serious like is that a joke yeah, especially against Baltimore like what <laughs> I don't I there must just be a ton of DFS players in Pittsburgh that just jam Roethlisberger in every week because his price has stayed incredibly consistent 
between 64 and 6,700 given he hasn't done anything this year. Like, he hasn't been bad, but his best game is 22 points. You know, like, that's there's bad. nothing special, and that's <laughs> not good. I mean, it hasn't been bad historically, but it's not good for this season. For 2020, that is bad. You can't, you're not going to win a tournament or even probably do great in cash if a six and a half K quarterback just gets 22 points. That's not good enough this year. And yeah, I don't know why he's. He's priced up. He must just be, you know, highly owned every week, despite never once, I think, us mentioning him as a good play. Then you've got the likes of Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees. And then finally, I think you get down to someone that that has a good matchup and is trending upwards, and that's Joe Burrow at 6,200. Are you willing to pay 6,200 for Joe Burrow? This week I am. I mean, we just listed, like... I don't know if there's a quarterback above him I love. Again, Tannehill, what about a quarterback Herbert, below him? Mahomes, Wilson are are good for for tournaments if you stack them right and get lucky. But I, I think the fact that he's Burrow is the highest ceiling play on on the slate, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there are guys below him we like, but I, do you believe any of them? I mean, let's just spoil it. Do we do we believe Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo can throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns? I think I that Derek. I think that Derek Carr can match um, Joe Burrow's output. I I don't know about that. I I don't believe he. I don't think he has the ceiling. Like Joe Burrow throws it a ridiculous number of times a game, and he's already Joe had Flacco five numbers. games this year. Joe Flacco in his three game good streak <laughs> <laughs> that got him paid a hundred million. Those kind of numbers, yeah. But like Burrow's been legit good. Tennessee's bad again, though. This is another game that's. It's not going to have terrible weather. But it's it's subpar weather, and in any other week we'd be concerned about the weather in Cincinnati on Sunday. But this week it's just mild compared to these truly horrible conditions. So even him, I'm not high on. But again, he's the highest priced quarterback that I can say I really like. Yeah, the thing I worry about with Burrow is the inconsistent touchdowns, and like he's getting the yards against bad defenses but he's not necessarily getting the touchdowns. So that's that's the thing that I could, I'm concerned about. I mean, he wasn't until last week when he got 3 plus ran one in. So I mean, yeah, he it has been up and down. But again, like look at the the games where he's the, you know, the two games in the middle of the season where he had zero touchdowns. It was against the Colts and the Ravens, both very good defenses. Still put up 20 points against the Colts, which at 6200 isn't isn't going to hurt you. It's not good. It's not great, but it's not going to kill you. But yeah, I mean, he's not he's not in the spot he was last week where he was fifty five hundred in a great matchup. You know, he, he's the same play he was last week, except he's seven hundred dollars more. So I still think he's a good play. And then, like you said, even then we jump down. Like I don't know, we're both Vikings fans. I don't think either one of us trust Kirk Cousins outdoors, even against the Packers, where there should be plenty of garbage time, right? I wouldn't trust Kirk Cousins against the Browns. Yeah, and then, I mean, like, Philip Rivers, Nick Foles, no thank you no matter what. Cam Newton, uh, no, we're with his top two receivers not playing this weekend, like, no, I'm I'm, I'm out on Cam Newton until he shows us something better. I would rather have Fitzpatrick over Tua. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, I do think for this week, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick would be a better fantasy play than, than Tua, um, though I'm really high on Tua going forward, just not maybe this week in, against the Rams. And then you got Derek Carr and Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, at 55 and 5,400. 
they both have great matchups. Again, there's a little bit of concern uh, in Cleveland with the weather, so we'll definitely want to monitor that because I do think Carr is the type of quarterback whose value is heavily impacted by high wind because the reason he's had some better games this season is he's been airing it out a little more. If you take that away and you turn Derek Carr into a checkdown machine, I think you're going to see his fantasy value plummet against a I, Browns front seven that's pretty good. I don't, I don't see it. So, like, for... When I look at Carr's numbers this year, I see uh, starting at the beginning of the year, one touchdown. Okay. So he had his first down game beginning of the year against Carolina. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Then he goes three touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, two touchdowns. And in those games, he's averaging what? Let's see. uh, Over 20. About about 300 yards. About 300 yards and 2.3 touchdowns a game. And over 20 points a game. So I just, against the, um, against Cleveland Browns, like, give me 20, give me guaranteed 21 points for 50, was it 5,500 with the possibility of getting 25 to 27 points? Sure. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah, like I said, if 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 he's going to be able to get the ball down the field, which he can do with his receivers and against the Cleveland defense, He'll be good, but if if the weather's bad, if there's twenty mile per hour winds all game, I'm going to be worried about his ability to do that. And and that's been the difference this season is, you know, even more so with Henry Ruggs, but even when Ruggs has been out and Nelson Aguilar has been their deep threat or Zay Jones, Carr has been able to push the the ball down the field this season. That's the biggest difference between him this year and him in years prior. And if he can't do that, I think this game turns into a you know a running game type game script and a slugfest and, and cars not you know likely to do well so it's really a big weather thing but i agree for you it, in a neutral if this was in a dome or we knew it was going to be you know 60 and sunny i i think car would be an excellent play yeah and but then here's Garoppolo, the thing too though hold on because i'm pretty sure of these games all these games that you're talking about there's some of them where josh jacobs had monster games like two or three of them josh jacobs had monster games. i don't know which ones they were um but of the games uh, besides the first game, he's got 22, 17, 24, 27, and 20 points. So even if they have a monster running game, he is still getting, uh, he's still putting up points. Like he's not killing your team. I don't, I don't know if I agree. The only game where um, Jacobs has more than 22 points is week one, which was Carr's bad game. And Jacobs has never topped 100 yards all season. Uh, his only other even good game was against Kansas City, where the Raiders scored forty points. So obviously, so why would it be you know, this game? Well. The wind again. It I, I'm not. It has nothing to do with the teams or their schemes. It's if there are twenty five to forty mile per hour winds swirling around a football stadium, you can't throw the ball deep. It, it it's just how it works, and and that's my concern. Like it, it's purely a weather thing. I think like. When these salaries were released, Derek Carr was clearly underpriced, and there's no reason he shouldn't have been 6K or you know 5,900, uh, which seems to be a very common threshold for quarterbacks on DraftKings that are historically bad but good right now uh, this season. And so I don't disagree with you on anything. I, I think he, he was a quarterback that's performed well all season, but he's just got and has a good matchup but is in, in bad weather conditions. And then I think, you know, it's a great contrast with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been bad, just playing bad this year, uh, but now has the best matchup possible and what should be, you know, very nice weather for this time of year in Seattle. And he he's a hundred dollars cheaper 
Um, he can get there in yardage, you know, in, in the three games that he's, you know, like played the whole game, been healthy. You're talking, he went for, uh, you know, minimum 259 yards. He's never, so he can get he's close. never gone over 300 yards this season. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. But he hasn't played a defense like Seattle's. Everyone goes over 300 yards in Seattle. The only quarterback that didn't get over 300 yards against the Seahawks this season is Kirk Cousins, and that was because the Vikings trailed literally the entire game until Seattle scored with under two minutes left. He had 130 yards against the Jets. He got injured in the first half. He had like 77 yards against Miami. He was bent. Yeah, he was hurt. He shouldn't have played that game. Like I get. I okay, said so he's just bad. hold like, on. Who would you rather play this week, Jimmy G or Derek Carr? It all depends on the weather. That's what I'm trying to say. So let's like, say it is the 20 mile per hour swirly. Then wins. Jimmy Garoppolo, because Derek oh Carr won't be. Derek Carr ain't throwing for 300 yards if he can't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Jimmy G ain't throwing for more than 300 yards. Listen, regardless every quarterback of weather. against Seattle has done it, except for the quarterback who is literally up by over a touchdown for like the entire game. Every and like Seattle just gives up points, and and even Kirk Cousins had a good game, two hundred sixty yards and multiple touchdowns. Like that's still a fine game, especially if if you're talking a quarterback price where Garoppolo is. Even if Garoppolo doesn't have a good game, two hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns. That's 18 fantasy points. I think that's his floor this game, and that's way more than three times his salary. So I think he's a fine, safe play with some upside. He's not my favorite quarterback. I like I don't love either of these guys, and but I think they're both good. And it, for me, the tiebreaker is going to be the fact that Derek Carr may be playing in terrible weather. We're not going to know till Sunday morning. It's going to be very important to uh, try to get some local coverage to see you know some reporters on the ground on the field so you can see just how windy it is in Cleveland that day. But if the predictions hold and the weather's terrible, I'm definitely going to side with Garoppolo this weekend. I hope you do. (laughs) All right, uh, moving on to running back. Uh, So we've got Alvin Kamara against Chicago. I mean, he should get the usage, especially since Mike Thomas is, uh, I think he, he wet his pants or something. And oh, come on. okay, the poor guy has a hamstring injury. Let's not like I I get it. It's a funny bit. Let's not like fully degrade the guy. He he got heated in one practice. He deserves some flack for that. But otherwise, he's been dealing with injury. And it's it, so far, it's all, definitely a lost season for the top overall wide receiver pick in August. But but yeah, Kamar. But Thomas is out. Uh, that helps Kamara. But not to mention Marquez Callaway, the receiver that kind of stepped up last week for the Saints, is also out. Emmanuel Sanders still on the COVID list. That means the only two healthy wide receivers for the Saints are Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris. Uh, neither of those two guys are very good. So Kamara's going to get all the work he can handle this weekend. Yeah, he, we said that before, and then he stunk up the joint with like a 22-point game. Um, so I, I am... Is that stinking up the joint? Like that That's not great when for you're his 8,000. But but if that's your floor, like if twenty points is his stone cold floor, what like that's Derek pretty Carr? darn good. Like Derek no, Carr? No, I'm not. We're not. I'm not going to have an hour long conversation with Derek Carr. Come on, we're on running backs now. Uh, You're giving like, Jimmy G way too much name equity. Okay, I, it's there's no name equity. This could be Sam Darnold, and it would be the same thing. Gross. The only quarter Sam Darnold's better than Jimmy has, G. The only quarterback that has started this season 
that I wouldn't trust even against Seattle is Dwayne Haskins. And That's Kirk pretty Cousins. much it. No, if Kirk Cousins is 5,400, of course I'd play Kirk Cousins. I played Kirk Cousins that game anyway. He was like 6,300. That's not the point. But anyway, on, on, back on the running backs. We're getting way off track of going backwards. We need to move forward. We're all about looking forward on this podcast. Um, no, like, you're right. But Kamara, about Kamara disappointing, you know, the past few weeks was just 20 points. But that's such a high floor. That's higher than any other running back's floor, save maybe Delvin Cook, uh, who we'll get to in a bit. That I, I don't think you can ignore that. And certainly he's in play, Kamara, is in play for cash and is a fine tournament play. But I, I kind of agree with you in that I I don't love the matchup against Chicago. And I don't think the narrative that Kamara is the only option is enough to say you jam him into every lineup, for example. So they still have Latavius the, Murray, and Murray still yes. gets rushes for the, at the goal line. And Murray killed Chicago the last time they played them. He did. So that might be something to look into. Um, I, I don't. I don't know how you use that to take away from Kamara. Kamara was inactive that game, so it's not like the Saints just rode Murray. It's that their yeah, running but, back destroyed Chicago. So I. But Murray I, I get often what you're saying, Murray but, often outtouches. I mean, outrushes Kamara in games. So I mean, he's yeah, he's got no, the opportunity. Totally. Yeah. Um, like I said, Kamara's a good play, but I, I certainly don't think he's a must-play this week. I much prefer Derrick Henry over Kamara this week. I don't know. I, I'm still struggling with Derrick Henry. He was one of those guys, uh, you know, produ- you know, on-air production meeting behind the scenes. I've, I was tinkering with my lineup, you know, two minutes before we went on uh, to record this podcast. And, and one of the guys I was playing with was Derrick Henry. Um, I won't say Lucky. which way I ended up going. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of man to play with there. But uh, it's tough. Like, this is definitely a good matchup. I'm a little concerned everyone, including myself, is a, is slightly overhyping Henry's potential because we saw his ceiling game a couple weeks ago in a similarly good matchup. I was more off Henry until we started hearing that the weather in Cincinnati might not be good. If the weather's bad in Cincinnati, I think that really helps Henry. And... 8K is just really borderline for me, though. Like, he only gets two passes a game. You know, that's only, you know, he only can guarantee you probably two and a half, three points through the passing game. Not enough for a bell cow back, usually. And it's all down, like, how likely do you think it is that Derrick Henry breaks off a 50-yard-plus touchdown run? Because that's what you need from him for him to pay off the salary, given how uninvolved he is in the passing game. He goes off every other game. Do you, but so do you count on that? Like, I'm really asking. Like, is it 50 percent chance that he does that? Is it 90 percent chance? I, I think it really matters. And I lean towards. I usually lean towards. You know, he doesn't have as likely as a chance as you might think. You know, maybe a one in three. You know, good matchups. He gets that ceiling game, but he needs it because really think about it. Like, he needs 150 yards and a touchdown to three x his salary here. So, like, that's a great game, and that's only doing the bare minimum to have a good day, for, you know, an acceptably good day. Yeah, so, for him. so I get what you're saying. And so with that, I much prefer the now healthy uh, Dalvin Cook to Derrick Henry because you just can't stop Dalvin Cook and being 500 less than Derrick Henry and being more of a threat in the passing game. Like, I give me 7,500 Dalvin Cook over... Derrick Henry all day, assuming Dalvin Cook is healthy, which I hear that he is. 
So that's the thing. So this is why this is another reason I was tinkering. Yeah, I, I totally agree. One hundred percent. If Dalvin Cook is healthy, I think he's by far the best of these three high priced running backs because he's the cheapest and he averages more points per game than Derrick Henry, has just as good a matchup against Green Bay, is involved in the passing game, won't get game scripted out, and is just hands down the best, I think, overall running back in the NFL. Uh save for Christian McCaffrey, who isn't, you know, isn't playing. Um but Cooks worried me a little bit because he practiced in full on Friday, was initially uh, not included on the injury report, meaning he was good to go. And then later in the day today, he was added as questionable for this game. I haven't had a chance to look into that yet to see what's going on, if that was just a mistake in the Vikings' initial report or if something came up with Dalvin Cook, but it's something to monitor. If Cook is healthy, good to go, getting his full allotment of snaps and plays, I, I agree. I think he's the best high-priced running back on the slate, uh, you know, of the guys over 7K. But if not, if he's even only 75 80%, then I think he's probably just as risky as Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara and probably has a lower floor than those two. Well, maybe not technically a lower floor than Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's floor is eight points, but but a similarly low floor. Yeah, it's possible. Um I I have, I mean he's it's probably just a tweak, so I think that's what J- Zimmer said. It's probably just a tweak, so I'm not too worried. Yeah, and and, and just for those of you uninitiated to Vikings league lingo, when Mike Zimmer sa- says a player has a tweak, it usually means that player's career is in jeopardy. It's happened three times now. No, it's not funny. Like it happened with Sharif Floyd, a uh, first round draft pick of the Vikings. He had a minor surgery, and Zimmer kept saying he's fine, he's fine. And then Zimmer started complaining about why the guy wasn't on the field. Comes out the guy had major problems uh, during the surgery, and it ended his career because they did nerve damage to his thigh. Uh, This season, it happened with Daniil Hunter. He apparently had a minor issue in training camp, and now Daniil Hunter just had surgery on his neck and is out for the year. So... Yeah, don't trust the Vikings if they say a tweak. Thankfully, I don't think he actually came out and said Dalvin Cook tweaked anything. Like I said, I still haven't seen an official statement from Minnesota, so we don't know what's going on. But okay, I, like everything else, something to monitor. But let's move um, on. So yes, I want to move Kareem on Hunt. to the, the guy I like the most this week. Like easily the best running back. Oh, let play. me guess. Let me guess. Um, Raheem Mostert. No, you come on. You you had it right the first time. It's Kareem Hunt. He's sixty nine hundred. Has barely increased his price since last week's game against Cincinnati. Has just as good as matchup against Vegas. Again, this weather might be bad, but again, it's not snow. It's not rain. It's not extreme cold. It's wind. Wind does not affect running backs or their ability to run through people, uh, and it probably encourages. Uh, the passing game to funnel through uh, running back and screens and, and short routes. So I love Kareem Hunt this week. I do think he's the best running back play now that there's some questions about Dalvin Cook. And I just don't see how we don't smash him in at 6,900. It seems way too cheap to me. I'm glad you love uh, Kareem Hunt. I'm sure he'll get you 18 to 20 points. Uh <laughs> I mean, every running back has stunk the last two weeks. You can't keep saying that. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that Gio Bernard and Jamal Williams were severely underpriced last week, like, not a single running back 4x value. Todd Gurley was the best running back on the slate last week, and that's gross. So I told you. I don't want to hear this. You did not. All right. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, not interested. CEH, not interested. <sighs> Jason. Hold on. Uh, not Jason. Um, I have a problem, J- Steve. Jay Connor. 
Yes, what's your problem? I want to play Jonathan Taylor this week. Do it. 6,600, oh, do it. <laughs> 6,600, the guy gets like 12 carries a game, but, oh, this Detroit defense is so atrocious. And, um, They're not that bad. I, I, okay, so somebody listens to the ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast, huh? Oh, actually, I have not in a while. Why? Oh, I, I just know. So the, the producer on that show, uh, Secret Squirrel, very good fantasy producer, entertaining guy to listen to on podcasts. Um, he is a diehard Lions fan. And so they talk about the Lions in inordinate amount of time, just like we, you know, over talk about the Vikings. And he was, you know, saying how Detroit's defense has been better against the run in the last you know few weeks, which is probably true. But I think that's more due to their matchups than anything their defense is doing. I think their defense is, is still very bad in all aspects, including against the run. Uh, they've allowed 34 first most points to running backs this season overall. And here's what I'm hoping. We saw Detroit come out of its bye and, and put a lot more trust in their rookie running back, DeAndre Swift. He broke out in the first week and had a solid game a week ago. I'm hoping the Colts do the same thing. You know, use the buy to get Taylor acquainted, get their game plan ready to really just feature him because they're not doing it with Phillip Rivers. They don't have anyone else on that offense that's even anywhere near as talented as Taylor is. And even if Taylor has some issues, he's a rookie. He's going to be with your team for a long time. You got to see what they can do. I, I, I think this is a narrative I'm hoping happens more than I can say with confidence it's going to happen. But he just, he's in such a good spot. I want to play Jonathan Taylor this week. I'm I'm probably not going to do it in cash, but I'm going to try to find a way to get him into some of my tournament lineups. I approve of this message. Um, Clyde Edwards Allaire uh, against the Jets. He should have a good matchup, but who knows how many uh, carries or catches um, Le'Veon Bell is going to get, so not interested. Uh, James yep. Conner. I'm all in on, we'll get to Bell later. I'm all in on the Le'Veon Bell narrative. I've decided I'm buying in <laughs> 100%. This is Le'Veon Bell week. James Conner, uh, 6,400, not interested against a good defense. Josh Agreed. Jacobs, um, 6,200 going against Cleveland. Somewhat interesting uh, considering what you're talking about with the weather, but still um too inconsistent for me josh josh jacobs so i don't know here's the thing about that too is even in tournaments it's best not to play running backs that are facing each other they they just have a negative correlation and it's unlike like if one quarter running back is going off their team's probably up by a lot and just feeding them the ball to burn the clock that really limits the chances for the opposing running back and especially when both running backs are priced over 6k i would probably avoid that and with that in mind, like I definitely prefer Cream Hunt way more than Josh Jacobs, even at their respective prices. So I would lean that way and probably am gonna fade Josh Jacobs pretty heavily this week. Uh moving down, we got Chris Carson who may or may not play. Um Williams of Madison. Um I don't know why Madison's that close to Williams because uh Dalvin Cook is playing, but Williams, well, I think. I is mean, a... DraftKings did the right thing there. If this 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 was a pricing in case Delvin Cook is out. Williams, I think, it... is a little overpriced. Um, I don't see him more than three xing his salary even against the Vikings. Yeah, I I agree. I think Williams really is like a straight. He's one of the rare players. He's a great cash play, but I don't think he's a great tournament play because I I totally agree. I think his ceiling is capped somewhat. 
if if the Packers get up big, I just think they feed AJ Dillon more, and they they you know shy away from throwing the ball to Williams. So I think if you're playing Williams, you're either just expecting, like you said, eighteen to twenty points, or you're hoping somehow the Vikings have the lead in this game. Also. Aaron Rodgers throws one to two touchdowns a game to somebody that nobody's ever heard of before. And so I just, I you know Devontae Adams is getting one of those touchdowns. Maybe, maybe Williams gets one. But who knows, considering how the game flow of this game actually goes. I actually don't think it's going to be that high scoring at all. But that's just my personal I don't know. opinion. Well, the weather makes me want to agree with you, but absent, absent really bad weather, and even with the bad weather, I still think these offenses are just better than their respective defenses. But let's look at this. You know, Let's look closely and kind of rank these running backs from 5,600 up to 6,100 because in, including Williams, you've got David Montgomery, 5,900, Daryl Henderson Jr., 5,900, Gio Bernard, who will be starting, and Jarek McKinnon and Melvin Gordon, all in that range, all really closely priced, and I think all – they all have their warts this week. I mean, I don't I don't think any of those guys is, you know, very likely to have a 30-point day. But I think a lot of lineups are going to be looking for a running back in this zone. So how how do you rank those? Which are your favorite guys out of that group? For me, uh, I would put Jarek McKinnon uh, in first, followed closely by maybe a tie between Gordon and Bernard, um, and then Montgomery and Henderson at the bottom. Yeah, I, I think I definitely agree with you at the bottom. Uh, mainly, like, I think Henderson might actually be a sneaky good play. It's just he doesn't get quite enough touches, just like Montgomery, where I just don't see almost any upside for over 100 yards, and that's so important on DraftKings. Um, for me, I actually I think I like Williams the most just because all these guys are uninspiring to me. Like I, like I said, I don't expect any of these guys to top 20 points by much. And Williams, Bernard for Green Bay? Yeah. You said up to 600, 6,000. Up to 6,100. Oh, okay. So him, him down to Gordon is, is what I would I say. Would well, then I would say I would put Williams up there with uh, Bernard and Gordon uh, in second. I, I still like McKinnon the best. Yeah, I, I get that, man. You got to ride with your boy, but I, I think this is a Jamichael Hasty week. I McKinnon is apparently dealing with quote unquote tired legs. So. He may be a 55-year-old man who just got done mowing the lawn. So, like, can you do you really trust a guy that ha- an NFL player who has to, you know, be benched for a game cuz he's got tired legs? That that's kind of concerning to me. Um but yeah, I I like I said, I don't know. None of these guys are really inspiring though. Like I think these are uh you play him if that's how much salary you have left for a running back. Especially in tournaments. Like, do you see? I I don't know. I don't see a I think path pick, for any of these guys to be tournament winning. Uh, I I disagree though. I disagree at that point. I think one of these guys that we're talking about is going to be a slate breaker guy. Are you saying, but like just one of them randomly? Because I, I yes. maybe buy that. I don't think you could predict. I was going to say probably the one with the best chance is Daryl Henderson because if you give him his normal workload and then he breaks off one long touchdown run, that could get him to thirty points. I don't know. I, but, I, but I, I don't know I, much about Daryl Henderson. I watch, I like had him on in the background and occasionally watched some of his runs. He did not get a lot of good uh, runs. It was a lot of like up the middle for two yards kind of runs. And I just, 
I don't know. I don't like those kind of running backs. Yeah. Jamal Williams is similar. He just has a better offensive line. So I don't I don't know. I just Yeah. I kind of agree. All right. Um anyone pass that Miles Gaskin? Hasty? I mean, you like so, yeah, Hasty? So, so Jackson? I mean, let's start with Gaskin because he's on his own. Like, Gaskin is other running back. Just priced way too cheap. I, The Rams are a fine defense. They're not great, and they're not especially good against the run in terms of how many fantasy points they allow. So I don't know why Gaskins is this cheap. He should be in that 5,800 to 6K range, but he's 5,200. For, for me, he's he's pretty much a lock this week in cash just because there aren't cheap running backs you trust and he opens up a lot of value for you and he's gonna get you 15 points he's another guy i don't think he's gonna get you 30 but he doesn't have to get 30 to 4x his salary he only needs 20 so i like him a lot i'm higher on hasty than mckinnon but to be honest i'm probably just fading this backfield i think seattle's run defense is actually pretty good and I just don't see the 49ers dominating through the ground. If they're going to score, I really believe, as we discussed before, that it's going to be through Jimmy G and their passing game. So that's going to be the, <laughs> the play I focus on. But yeah, getting below that, I mean, so we've got the Le'Veon Bell narrative, and that's all it is right now. It's a narrative. He's only 4,600, so he's not going to cost you a lot to play. But you have to know you're really risking a chance of a four-point day out of one of your running backs if, if you start him. And then... What is it after that? It's we have the Seattle running backs of you know if it if Chris Zach Carson Moss. is out. Are you playing Zach? I'm not playing Zach Moss. Are you playing Zach Moss? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, are are you and neither like while Latavius Murray is good enough to take away value from Alvin Kamara, he's not consistent enough to actually play in your lineup. I don't trust uh, Lamichael P Ryan for the Jets mainly because Adam Gase is a terrible head coach. And doesn't know how to use his players well, and so he doesn't put out his best young players. He just, you know, puts out Frank Gore to run three yards, fall down, and break a hip. I'm Isn't, sorry. Isn't uh, Carry On Johnson that. supposed to be good? What is this like 2017? <laughs> All right, let's, no, move, so, let's move on. Let's move well, on. Well, so I want to say just really quickly: Travis Homer and DJ Jalis, the running back, the like third and fourth string running back for the Seattle Seahawks, are both 4K. If we get word that Chris Carson is out and Carlos Hyde is out, which seems likely, and and we know one of those two is going to be the surefire starter, which probably means Homer's also out and Dallas is the, the play. But if either one of those guys are an option to start, I think they're both in consideration at 4K. San Francisco is still a pretty good defense, and they don't love either guy, but their price is going to be so cheap they barely have to do anything to pay it off, and so they, they will turn into great punt plays this week. In a, in a week where there isn't a ton of value out there. So when you said really quickly, you mean pretty slowly. Five minutes. Five, ten minutes, yeah. Min. <laughs> All right, wide receiver. Um, Devontae Adams, 8,800 against Minnesota. Uh, is it – I mean, is it worth it that much more? See, I don't feel like Devontae Adams – it's going to get that many more points than like Adam Thielen. Yeah. So, I mean, so here's the game you play. It's like, is Devontae Adams going to get a hundred yards? Yes. Is Devontae Adams likely to get eight catches? Yes. Is there a good chance Devontae Adams scores touchdown? Yes. So therefore there's, is there a good chance that he gets, you know, 27 famous to 30 points? Yes. Is that worth $8,800? I'm not sure it is. Like, it's so limiting this week. Like, if you plug him in, 
You're not playing Kamara. You're not playing Henry. You're not playing probably even Dalvin Cook. Maybe not even Kareem Hunt unless you're severely punting elsewhere. In a week where unless you want to roster multiple Jets wide receivers, there's not a lot of places to just punt. I, I just don't know how you do it. And like you said, wide receiver is so volatile. Anyone could score 40 points. I mean, anyone above, what, 6,500 has a shot at 40 points. So this if, week, the game, though, if the game is close, it? if that game is close, they're going to force the ball to Thielen, and he'll get his points. If the game is out of whack, Thielen is going to get garbage time points. Like, I, I just don't see a situation in this game where – the Green Bay Packers are ahead, and they're still forcing the ball to, to Devontae Adams. I also don't see a situation in this game where the Vikings are so far ahead that they keep forcing the ball to Adams to to catch up. Like I, I just don't see uh, an outcome where Devontae Adams is getting more than three times his salary. Yeah, I I totally agree, and 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 again, like you said, to. To win a tournament you're, this year, you know, you're talking, and maybe this year it's a little lower, but you're talking you need at least like 220 points. So you need everyone to 4X their salary. For Adams to 4X his salary, you're talking about 35 points. Like, that's a monster day. I understand that Tyler Lockett blew that out of the water a week ago, and, and Adams has two games at 40 points. But even if he scores 40 points, you still have to hit all those punt plays, and you're going to need at least two sub-4K plays in your lineup to fit Adams in. So I totally agree. I think there's so, an argument that he's great in cash, but I, I just it's so hard for me to pay that much for a wide so receiver. So Thielen or Jefferson? Honestly, I don't love either. I'd much rather play Delvin Cook. If I'm picking between the two, uh, I side with Jefferson, even though his price is higher okay. than I'd like. I do think Ma- Thielen will be covered by Jare Alexander. Metcalf or Lockett? Lockett in cash. He's cheaper, has more uh, volume week in and week out. Metcalf in tournaments because I think he's going to be far lower owned and is still obviously a very good player and good play. Diggs against a good defense or Tyreek Hill against a bad defense? Uh, Tyreek Hill for me, even though it looks like Stephon Gilmore is going to miss this game, and that does open up possibilities uh, for the Buffalo passing attack. Again, though, of all the games this week... It's got to be a bounce-back game. This is supposed to be the worst weather of the week. Like, truly terrible freezing rain, wind, everything. That totally scares me off, especially when your quarterback is Josh Allen. He's not accurate, really. Save for the first half of this season, or the first quarter of this season, he's not an accurate quarterback. And I'm I'm not going to trust the Buffalo offense this week, but I don't hate it if you play digs with Stefan Gilmore out, but I do think Tyreek Hill is a good play and he's still underpriced. Well, he's, well, he's always going to be over underpriced at this, at this rate. Like we'll he get, should be seven K. No, he shouldn't. Um, we'll get to Boyd. Uh, do you care about any of the Rams wide receivers? No. Um, Dolphins have a surprisingly good pass defense and we've seen it over the career of Sean McVay as a head coach, Jared Goff only produces when his team is down and getting scored on frequently. Uh, I don't expect the Dolphins to put up 35 points against the Rams, so I don't think the Rams is gonna un- are going to unleash their passing attack. A.J. Brown or Tyler Boyd? Or both? A.J. Brown. I, th- I okay. actually think Boyd's priced up a little bit too much this week for me. 
Um, I know he just went off. What do you have? Thirty point? Yeah, thirty point seven points a week ago. That's his absolute ceiling. And with the volume that AJ Green has been getting the last two weeks, and the fact that T Higgins is probably the most talented receiver on this roster right now, I'd much rather play those two guys at significantly lower prices. Well, okay. So speaking of that, we can skip Marquise Brown. Yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, we can skip around a little bit here. I think I think we can skip Devonte Parker. Um, but let's say Brandon Ayuk has a good matchup. T. Higgins has a good matchup. Brandon Ayuk or T. T. Higgins? I think that's going to come down to how am I building my lineup? Am I, you know, playing a, a quarterback from one of those games? Which if, you know, if that's the case, I'm going to play the wide receiver with their quarterback or against their opposing quarterback. And these are probably the two games that I'm going to be mini stacking in my lineup. So by that, I mean, like if I build a Derek Carr stack, you know, that'll probably have Kareem Hunt and Darren Waller and Derek Carr. I will either also include a Seahawk and a 49er or a Bengal and a Titan. I might, I might do all four, but you know, if I'm picking one of those two, that's how I would make that decision. Do I want T Higgins and Derek Henry or do I want Brandon Ayuk and Tyler Lockett? That's kind of the decision that would, I, I would be making. I think they're equally good plays. Higgins is probably a little bit safer. Um, but I think Ayuk has the higher upside. I mean, Ayuk is, is one of those guys. He, If he had 150 yards and two touchdowns this week, I don't think that would shock anybody. Is uh, Cole Beasley slightly underpriced? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't... Um, He's just well, strung together multiple games where he's produced his ceiling. Like, I, I'm not interested in that kind of Do you play. trust any Pittsburgh wide receivers this week? I don't. No, not against Baltimore. Um, Deontay Johnson is the closest I trust, but, like, he can't finish a game. Like, even last week, he had a huge game, didn't finish the game. So, I like, Higgins is $100 more. Um, you know, there's receivers a thousand dollars less that are good plays so yeah I'd, I'd rather look elsewhere than any of the Steelers Corey Davis has averaged 15 points a game this year and he's going against Cincinnati is that interesting to you it's interesting that I can't get off this play <laughs> like he hasn't like so week one he had over 100 yards you know he, he broke out in week one and stuck with everybody like in his three games since then he's only played three games because of COVID issues he had 36 yards 69 yards 35 yards he's been buoyed by touchdowns in two of those three games if I'm stacking Ryan Tannehill if you want to play Corey Davis instead of like Janu Smith as the second wide you know second pass catcher along with AJ Brown fine but I don't want anything to do with Corey Davis as a one-off in a lineup. I assume you're playing T.Y. Hilton in every lineup. <laughs> That's funny. No. There's a different um, receiver at that price we can talk about, though. Uh, 40, do you have any faith in, in Henry Ruggs? This is the Who? ultimate anti-Steve play. <laughs> Who is that? You know, the the like twelfth or thirteenth overall pick from the most recent draft, first wide receiver taken off the board by the Raiders. Um he's had one good game. He caught two catches for 118 yards and a touchdown against the Chiefs. He is he is a a giant boom or bust play. Again, I think he's a guy 
I'm really only playing in a Derek Carr stack, and that's just because his game translates well. When you combine him with Darren Waller, you're kind of getting all the short yardage throws and all the long throws. But outside of, of week one, since week one, he hasn't been targeted more than three times in a game, and he has a real floor of like one or two points. So you've got to buy that. You know, when you when you're playing him, you buy that with his twenty, you know, twenty four point ceiling. But he's a big boomer bust play. I think he's kind of interesting. I think he's actually going to be higher owned than he should, given how volatile he is, though this week. So he's a name out there. But so, now that I'm talking it through, I'm kind of wanting to fade him more. Well, I I mean, your boy AJ Green is forty five hundred. So. Um, Besides AJ Green, is there anyone cheaper than uh, Henry Ruggs that you're interested in? I mean, you have to at least consider Traquan Smith now, right? Forty seven hundred. He's there's only two wide receivers left for the Saints. Like literally, they only have two healthy wide receivers on their active roster right now. They're going to bring someone up from the practice squad or some sign somebody. Actually, they can't sign somebody off the street. Hold on a second. Is this is this the same person who? When when both the wide receivers were out last week, got four targets and got nine points against Carolina? Yes. yes. In the week before, uh, three targets, two catches for eight yards. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> yeah. He's not an exciting play. And, and I think he's one where he also, like last week, was only 4K, which is significantly different than 4,700. Um, if you – I don't – actually, yeah. I guess if you are forcing yourself to play Devontae Adams, maybe you go down to uh, Traquan Smith as a, as a punt punt play along with A.J. Green or one of the Jets wide receivers, and, and that's the way you find the salary savings. But, yeah, I, I don't see any upside for him in tournaments, uh, you know, to be good enough in tournaments. So, yeah, I, I'd be off him. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Tim Patrick yet, Steve. I mean, this is, you know, your poster child, and I know I it's he was questionable. Injured. He is. He's questionable. Yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not interested. He's, I, I, I'm not interested. Yeah, in and I guess, and it, it, yeah, that's fair. And I don't think he actually practiced at all this week, so it's it's the wrong side of questionable. So I get that. And yeah, and then going down. I mean, Rashad Higgins, you love, right? He's going to blow up this week for a thousand points. Um, I like a different Higgins better. That's my boy. That's right. You've been listening to me. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Higgins is bad. Don't play Rashad Higgins this week. I, I'm. That's like my flag plant of this week is I don't like Rashad Higgins. Um, once you go cheaper, I mean, I think if Allen Robinson is out, uh, Darnell Mooney for the Bears at 3,500 is a decent play. 3,500, wow. The Saints are an okay defense, but he's going to be their number one option, and he's gotten a good amount of work so far this season. Um, you know, averaging, you know, six to seven targets a game over his last four. He's fine. Uh, Braxton Berrios, 3,500 for the Jets, is going to be starting in the slot, assuming Jamison Crowder is out and he's doubtful right now. He's okay. Uh, and then I think the, really the most interesting true punt play for me is Denzel Mims of the Jets. He was a second-round draft pick. A lot of people thought he could go in the first round. He's a big, strong, fast receiver. Uh, you know, think kind of like DK Metcalf or AJ Brown. That that build of wide receiver, not on that level, certainly, and certainly not with the Jets' offense. Uh, but I think he's just too cheap, and obviously, we're going to expect the Jets to be way behind against the Chiefs and should be throwing a lot. So I think he's an interesting play, 
But as we've seen all season, when you go with these punt plays, like they really do have a floor. That's why they're so cheap. And you really have to hope that he gets that touchdown or actually catches eight balls because you can't you can't usually succeed with a 10-point wide receiver. Even your punt plays need to get 15 points to do something in a tournament. Yeah. All right, let's move on to tight end. Uh, George Kittle, Greg Kittle, jo- Janu Kittle, Kittle. No, it is George. Oh, okay, oh, George we'll, Kittle. We'll get to Janu later. <laughs> Can't wait George, to hear your thoughts on Janu. George Kittle is 7,000. Pass. Travis Kelsey. Wait, wait hold on. That no, 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 no. George Kittle pass. The, um, the Seahawks are terrible against wide receivers. George Kittle is basically a giant wide receiver. How okay, is he a pass? Maybe I should. Okay, I should say uh, Jimmy Garoppolo pass. <laughs> okay, but like, but realistically, is George Kittle a worse in a vacuum? Is George Kittle a worse play than Stephon Diggs against the Patriots in terrible weather or than Tyreek Hill against the Jets? I, or Tyler Lockett or Adam Thielen? Like, is he really are... different? Uh, yes, because if if uh, the 49ers get garbage time against the Seattle Seahawks, they're not going to move the ball anywhere because their quarterback is that bad. Okay, okay, fine. If you truly believe Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst quarterback in the NFL and can't do anything, then fine. I get it. I don't believe that. So if, if you think is Jimmy worse. Garoppolo even is a, an average quarter, even just a slightly below average quarterback, I think George Kittle is a great play. Um, I think people are going to be scared off one because he's the highest priced tight end on the slate by quite, you know, by 400 over Travis Kelsey, who's also very good. And if people look at his uh, opponent rank against tight ends on the Seahawks, it says fifth, meaning the Seahawks are really good against tight ends in theory. If you look into it, though, they haven't played a team with a real tight end. And again, George Kittle basically just plays as a wide receiver. So Seattle's the worst team in the league against wide receivers. George Kittle could do the same things any wide receiver can do. He's just four inches taller and 50 pounds heavier. Well, he does it. So... I love him this week. I'm definitely going to try to find ways to fit him into my lineups. And it might even be uh, your famed two tight end week, Steve. I think we really might have it here because there are four or five excellent tight end plays. I do agree with that. Um, So speaking of some of them, uh, Kelsey, I think the last time that Kansas City played against an awful defense, we thought it was going to be a CEH or Tyreek Hill game. Turned out to be a Kelsey game. Um, it could repeat this time. I don't know for sure, but I mean, it did it last time, so who knows? What do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Kelsey's another guy. He's basically a wide receiver that we get to play at tight end. Um, he doesn't have, he doesn't command the same target share that Kittle does uh, in, you know, in crunch time for the Chiefs, just because the Chiefs have other weapons, while the 49ers don't really, save for maybe Ayuk uh, just now. And, and so he's a little, he doesn't, I don't think he has the ceiling that Kittle does. Like Kittle's shown he has a 40 point ceiling. I don't think Kelsey really has that, but he has a 30 point ceiling and that's freaking good for a tight end. So yeah, I, he's definitely a good play and definitely in play this week. And then I do think we move- though, I like Kittle more and I like uh, the guy I think you're going to talk about next more. Uh, yes. Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller's going up against Cleveland. He's already averaging almost 16 points a game, which is just like a point below Travis Kelsey. 
uh, but he's priced amongst people who are averaging, what, 10 and 12 points a game. He is, in my opinion, the best play of the week uh, in terms of tight end for 5,600, considering how many points he's averaging per game and how many targets he gets. I think, like you were talking before, stacking him with Derek Carr it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I think he's probably the best play of the week. Yeah, I, I, I like him a lot, too. Uh, if Kittle didn't have what I think is like the best possible matchup, I I would agree with you. I think he and Kittle are really close, despite the huge price difference. And I will say this. I, I've mentioned already a lot uh, weather effects and everything for this Sunday. But if the weather is terrible in Cleveland, I think that might actually help Darren Waller because he's been running really shallow routes anyway, You know, five, just about five yards down the field on average. And so those are fine to throw in bad weather. You know, the ball doesn't have to travel far. That's what the quarterback's going to try to do. So I think Waller can succeed in even the worst circumstances. And yeah, he's just too cheap. I mean, the guy has a game where he got 16 targets already this season. Like only probably Kittle. I think only Kittle has even come close to matching that at the position. So yeah, he's a great play, way underpriced. I, I don't get it. He's kind of the, you know, he's the tight end version of Miles Gaskin. Like what, what's a guy got to do to get priced up? Uh, hopefully he doesn't get priced up. <laughs> <laughs> then we just keep playing him, yeah. Um, all right, and then we move on to TJ Hawkinson. No, thank you. Mike Jasicki, no, thank you. No Fant, no, thank you. Jimmy Graham, really? You're maybe. No fan either. Okay, let's let's go through Joe, no offense stats this year. All right, hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I get what you're going to say. Like, he hasn't been great, but, but he is a guy where he's – like he's not on the level of the elite tight ends we've been talking about, but like them, he is one of the top two options on his team in the passing game. Yeah, okay. And that has Except value. when you're talking about the passing game, you're talking about either. So I'm looking at the targets here. He's getting the targets, but either either the quarterback cannot get him the ball when they target him, or he cannot catch the ball because he. I'm looking at these games. He got ten targets, five receptions, seven targets. Three receptions, five targets, four receptions. I mean, I as a tight end, most tight ends are usually running easy routes to uh, for quarterbacks. Yeah, they they should be catching almost all, if not all, of the balls that are being thrown to them. And either the quarterback is terrible or he can't catch the ball. It doesn't matter. It doesn't like Noah Fant may be great. He just he just cannot benefit from fantasy greatness because one of those things i've never watched him play so you tell me can he catch the ball yeah he's good it's 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 mainly been his quarterback fault so far this season for his his poor completion percentage or reception percentage but i will say i don't i don't love him like the like Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, those are definitely better plays. But if you just can't afford them, you know, let's say you build your double stack, you have your bring back in there, and you, you know, you really want to play Kareem Hunt, and um, you just don't have the salary space to afford Darren Waller or anyone higher, I think then Fant's a fine play. He has some kind of ceiling, and there's there's a chance in this game that the Chargers get up big and Denver has to play from behind, in which case I do think Fant sees a lot of work. The Chargers are, you know, a big pace-up game. They play really, really quickly. 
uh, regardless of the game flow. And so Denver should have plenty of opportunities to pass if they get behind, and I think that could benefit Fant. Again, he's not as good as the top plays, but he's a lot cheaper. And so if he's all you can afford, I like him more than you know anyone within $500 of him this week. Uh, that's fair. So do we have to go over any of those? I mean, do you no. want to talk about Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry? Um, uh, Johnny Smith, I do. Uh, but yeah, like Robert Tony and Hunter Henry, if you're stacking with their quarterback, fine. Maybe, Johnny is dead to me, so I'm not interested. I know. I know. Like, I'm surprised you could say his name without throwing up the way he's treated you the past couple weeks. But look, I, I went back and looked like he played over 70% of the snaps against the Steelers a week ago. Um, well, Ferksker got just 25% of the snaps, the same as McCole Pruitt, their straight blocking tight end. Uh, and Janu did get four targets uh, to Ferksker's uh, two. And so I think his poor game last week had more to do with the matchup against the Steelers than it really had to do with Janu Smith or his role. He's risky. I get it. He's just absolutely burned people like Steve and, and me included. I mean, I definitely had some Janu in my lineups the past couple weeks, and it's hurt. But just look at the type of player he is where he, in his first four games, he was averaging well over 15 points a game, you know, had a game up to 24 points, had five touchdowns in his first four, like really high-end tight end, and now he's only 4,100 in a great matchup. This is another game where we're just talking about with Waller. If the weather's bad, this could even help Smith more. I get it. He's hurt you, but you've got to go back to him. He's he's a really good play, and I, I if you can stomach it, I think you're going to profit if you can put him in because a lot of people are going to be on your side, Steve, and just refuse to touch that name. Uh, when it comes to selecting their tight end this week. Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing about Janu. So I'm okay fading him this week until he shows me something. Um, he is a very good player. Like, he is a very physical. He's very fast. He can run. He runs good routes. Like, uh, he is a good um, tight end, almost like what you would say, like the the, the high-level tight ends where they're basically like a wide receiver. He's very similar. to He's almost like a running – he's almost like a running back. Yeah, they're um, all basketball players, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what they are. They're all, they're all he, you know, he's former like, power forwards. He, he's like fast and like stout, but also like – I don't know. He, he's just very good. Um, he's a man. Yeah, exactly. They have a couple <laughs> men on that team. Um, but he's if he does well – He's a man. Oh, Derek Henry, does, yeah, they do. That is the Titans thing, huh? If he does well on this uh, in this game, I don't have a problem missing out this week and then playing him next week because I know he's good. So I'll skip it this week. Yeah, and I don't think he's in play for cash. All, all I'm saying, like, I could definitely see a scenario where George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller all slightly disappoint, and Jonu Smith ends up being the highest scoring tight end on the slate. Like, there's a chance oh, that sure. happens. And, like, if it does, he's going to win someone a lot of money because he's going to go way, way under-owned where he should be given his, you know, upside. Um, that That's all I'm saying. But, yeah, I, I totally get it. It's hard, like, it's hard to go back to that well because he really has burned people. Um, Do you I think Tanyan can score against Minnesota? Why not? Who can't score against the Vikings? I don't uh, know. And, I don't love. I mean, like Devontae Adams is that whole team, right? In the passing game, so like Joku. If, if 
if we don't think we can pay for him, yeah, I don't know how you call another Green Bay. No, like if you're going below Jonu Smith, to me, the only two guys are two punt plays that I have uh, used to defeat you already this season. Trey Burton, 3,500 for the Colts, Mm -hmm. going against the Lions. Um, Not as exciting given Mo Alley Cox may be back in this game and, you know, take a couple targets away. Yeah, another dead to Steve player. This is a a family show. Uh, and then Harrison Bryant for the Browns, 3,200 again. Austin Hooper is going to miss this week uh, once again with his uh, appendicitis surgery recovery. And so Bryant, who had two touchdowns last week against Cincinnati, uh, has another great matchup against the Raiders. And once again, I'm just a broken record, I guess, this week. Uh, if the weather's bad in Cleveland, that'll you know force the ball to be thrown short. And with Odell Beckham out, like, that's even more red zone targets that are available for the tight end. So okay, he's another good punt play. Uh, defense. Are you paying high or are you totally punting? The highest. Oh, so the Rams are intriguing at 3,800, but that's, that's still too high for what I like to pay. I think the saints at 3,400 going against Nick Foles and the bears are as high as I want to go. Uh, I really like the Colts and the Titans around three K and then, Below that, like the Lions defense might be okay against Phillip Rivers. Dolphins defense is fine at home against the uh the Rams. The Dolphins have, you know, gotten a lot of turnovers. So I don't know. I think more this week as much as any week ever, it's kind of just a pick 'em week on defense. Play who you can afford and, and kind of don't worry about it too much. Is it possible to get below zero with a defense? No, not on DraftKings. Oh. Okay. I don't believe. If it is, it takes something ridiculous. All right. Um, let's uh, go through our head-to-head. So, Brian, you have now taken the lead in our head-to-head 4-3 to three after being down 3-1. to one. Um, Congratulations, by the way. And I think... Why don't you go first? Oh, I, by the way, I just want to confirm. I, 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 it, it must be possible to actually go negative because Seattle only had zero points a week ago despite getting two turnovers. So they got negative four points somehow. Oh, wow. So theoretically, it may be possible to go negative, but I've, I've like never seen it. it takes a lot on DraftKings. It's not like I don't uh, see negative. Kind of leagues. I see zero. No, they had a zero, but they, but they had an interception and a, and a fumble recovery, which should be worth four points. I think. I think you can just go down to zero. I don't think you can go negative. Well, that, that might be true. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you took a zero or negative oh, two, like either Hold way. Hold on. Hold on. The Vikings had a negative four against Green Bay. Oh, there you go. We did it. Yeah. Okay. So there, if you allow over 40 points and do nothing else on defense, you get negative four points. That must be over 40 points, negative four. There we go. We solved it. Hopefully, no. See, I've never had to worry about that. It's never really come up because I generally don't pick defenses that I think are going to give up 50 points in a game. Um, But, yeah, apparently it can be done. You learn something new every day, no matter how much of an expert you believe you are. Uh, But, yeah, should we? let's get into these cash lineups now. Uh, So you said you want me to start with quarterback? Yeah, go ahead. So I'm going with the guy who this is just basically like – I tossed my hands up in the air and said, well, this guy's fine. I'll go middle of the road, and that's Joe Burrow at 6,200. Didn't want to pay up for anyone. Couldn't get myself comfortable paying down to Carr or Garoppolo. 
uh, for my cash lineup. Though, going to be honest, like this is going to just be a crazy week with everything changing up to the last minute before kickoff. I'm probably not going to do a lot of cash lineups uh, beyond like this head to head with you just because it, it's a tough week to be certain on anything. I think you're crazy paying that much for Joe Burrow. Um, but I did go down uh, to Derek Carr at 5,500. Uh, my. Running backs this week, I think, I, I don't think, it, we already talked about Derek Carr. Um, my running yep. backs this week are Dalvin Cook, if he's healthy, at 7,500. Um, if he's not healthy, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might have to rework some of my lineup because I do not want to play <laughs> Kareem Hunt. Um, and Jarek McKinnon at 5,700. So we have two good two good matchups. The Gre- Green Bay defense is fine. Um, but I think Minnesota will have a good chance to get garbage time points in this game. And I think Dalvin cook is pretty much their only one of their only options to actually move the ball down the field while they're competitive. And then also gets garbage time points as well. So I like him this game. Well, good. I, I, you know, I was a little worried going to this, that I was throwing away, you know, seven, $800 on my quarterback when I could just go down to Car Garoppolo, but I'm glad to know you you threw that money right back at me by playing McKinnon over Miles Gaskin, who is one of my top running backs. 5,200 again. He's just way too cheap. He's guaranteed the volume, getting you know 18 to 20 touches a game, involved in the passing game, getting goal line work since Jordan Howard's been benched. Uh, the only thing he hasn't done is score a lot of touchdowns this season, and I think that's going to start to come. If he gets one, he's a lock for 20 points, and that's so good at his price tag. And then the other is my favorite running back play of the week, Kareem Hunt. This matchup's too good. I know he disappointed to an extent a week ago with just, quote-unquote, 19 points against the Bengals. But even if he does that, that's just about 3xing his salary, uh, and he definitely has a shot, you know, a very realistic shot to exceed that by a lot this week against the Raiders. Um, I'll move into my wide receivers then, Steve, unless you have anything to say about those two. Uh, I like the Miles Gaskin pick. I just don't trust him to get more than 16 points, even if he gets 20 carries. That's fair. Yeah, I, he's he's not a huge high upside play, but I'm I'm eating that this week. I'm trying to get I this week more than like the any other since week one where I was kind of sticking with my traditional theory for uh, lineup building and cash. Um, I am going, I'm just trying, I want 150 points. This lineup is designed to get like 150 points. Exactly. That's what I'm shooting for. Like on the nose. I don't think my lineup has a ton of upside beyond that. Uh, but I think I've limited the downside as much as possible. So that really is what I'm going for is just about 16 points from mile Gaskin would be perfect to me. Uh, but my wide receivers, uh, keeping in that theme, are start with AJ Brown 6900. That price is a little more than I would like to pay for him, but it's a really good matchup. Uh, I don't want to play the other players that Tennessee will be throwing out there, and so I want to try to get some exposure to that game. And Brown's the way I'm going to do that. I, you know what, I'm probably not going to tweak this lineup or anything. I, I would consider. If I, we got news that the weather was really bad, I'd probably move him to Derrick Henry uh, and move around my flex spot a little bit to fit that in, which I could do. Uh, but right now I'm, I'm going with A.J. Brown, and it'll probably stay that way for this this matchup purposes. Then I've got Keenan Allen, 6,200. I think somehow we missed him in the wide receiver 
uh, conversation, probably because he's over in inside my lineup instead of in mix with all the other wide receivers. He's way too freaking cheap at 6,200. The dude had 13 targets last week, and that's like an average day for him with Justin Herbert at QB. So he's an absolute smash play. I don't, if you don't have him in there, I, I think you made a mistake, Steve, and I'm happy to call you out on it. Uh, and then finally, my boy AJ Green, just 4,500. I needed to go down somewhere this week and aj green's the the way i decided to go with it Uh, i prefer him over the jets wide receivers in cash just because of his guaranteed volume that's funny because those were my three wide receivers until i took out um uh i took out i i re i shifted around a bit and took out keenan allen so i could put in dalvin cook um when i found out that he was healthy so yeah, I was uh, those literally were by three wide receivers. Um, but now uh, I have AJ Brown, I have AJ Green, um, but I've shifted things around, and now I have Kenny Galladay um, at sixty six hundred. I know I could just be playing. Um, I mean, I, I am so confused. Yes, like, I, know, like I know. I know. To spend know. more for Keenan Allen. I know. I'm so confused. I know. I know you're confused. Um, but I am playing Kenny Galladay instead of Keenan Allen. When I was shifting them around, what I had was AJ Brown, Kenny Galladay, then Keenan Allen. And then what I did Uh. is I took out Keenan Allen, put in AJ Green, and then I was thinking about, yeah, anyways. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very similar. Almost the same, almost the same. Um, (laughs) as I, I I mean, here, here's just my, like, frankly, I would play Keenan Allen and just let that extra four hundred dollars sit unused. Like I think I, I don't. Galladay's not a bad play. Like, yeah, I know. To if, me, if he, like Allen is a thousand underpriced. He sh- he's he's how is he below Adam Thielen? I just don't get it. But the last time we said that, then he stunk up the joint. So, who Keenan know. Allen hasn't had a bad game since week one. Is it since Justin Herbert has been the quarterback? Keenan Allen. Double-digit targets are a touchdown in every game. The only game he didn't get double-digit targets is the game where he went out after the first drive with injury. He had two targets, caught them both for 29 yards and a touchdown. That was the first drive of the game. Like he was going to have a good game that week until he got he's you know he suffered from back spasms. Every other game, double-digit targets, uh, over 125 yards in in two of those games. Like he's a monster. I just. I believe I'm, I'm it. sorry. We we didn't talk about him before, and I, I kind of want to make up for last time because like he is he is the definition of an underpriced player. Yeah, I believe it. Um, but I didn't play him. I have a feeling about <laughs> Galladay. Uh, I usually don't have a feeling about Galladay, but I have one this time. Uh, even against a better defense is, than is it he played previously. Uh, it's a little tingly. Um, but I it's like a co- a burning cold sensation. Ooh, um, <laughs> you might want to see a doctor for that. <laughs> I mean, uh, at tight end, Detroit games can give you that feeling, though. I get at, it. At tight end, I have Darren Waller. Um, obviously, at fifty six hundred, I think he's the best play of the week. Uh, so, yeah, Darren Waller. I have Darren Waller too. Couldn't I? I couldn't afford George Kittle. Didn't feel like jamming him in. In fact, uh, you know, I'm. I would be more likely like if I didn't want to play AJ Brown and wanted to get up to Derrick Henry, I'd be more likely to do as I'd go from A.J. Brown down to Brandon Ayuk and bump someone up to Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook this week. Like, that that's the route I would go. Uh, but, yeah, Derek, Derek Waller, Darren Waller. Now I'm pulling a Steve using the wrong name. Sorry, Mr. Waller. 
uh, and Mrs. Waller, who gave birth to your son. Uh, he's just too good a play to pass up and in cash, too reliable. I don't see the need okay. to pay fourteen hundred more. Your flex, uh, Jamal Williams, sixty one hundred against the Vikings. He is definitely fairly priced this week. Okay, but we get we we get it. It's what Jamal I wanted Williams. to go. Yeah, he's good. He's uh, like it. It was. It was pay down from AJ Brown to a guy like Kenny Galladay, or you know, and, and I just wouldn't want to do that. Like AJ Brown's too good to play, so yeah, Jamal At, Williams. I don't love it, but he's there. My flex, uh, good matchup, uh, fifty six hundred, pretty cheap for how well he's been doing this year. I uh, went with T Higgins uh, against Tennessee, and then for my defense, I have this was I have a lot of decently high priced people on my team. Uh, my defense is a complete and total punt, so I'm hoping I don't get a negative. Uh, is the Jets? <laughs> Ooh, ouch! I could, I, I, I could, were... I could actually play like if I wanted to. Um, I could play the Bengals, uh, but I don't know that that's any better. Yeah, I don't know either. Because like, best case scenario for the Bengals is Derrick Henry runs the ball the whole time, and they still. Well, I mean, you know, they don't I think get the Bengals or anything. I think the Bengals could be a shootout game, and I'd rather not play the defense in a shootout game and just play the defense in a game where Kansas City might be up twenty-one-four and a twenty-one and they bench Mahomes. Yeah, twenty-one-three. They bench Mahomes there and just run the ball the yeah. rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the, yeah. They they move the ball through two quarters, get Mahomes a couple touchdowns, get Le'Veon Bell in the end zone, and then they just bench everybody. <laughs> That's that's what you're hoping. That's fair. Uh, I'm punting as well, though not quite to that extent. Uh, I'm going with the Dolphins at 2400. I actually think they're in a pretty good spot. Are pretty good, you know, as, as far as we can project defenses. They're a pretty good point per dollar projected team. Uh, they've gotten multiple sacks every game except for one this season. Uh, you know, have gotten an interception in each of the last four games. They're they're just solid. And they're at home against a team traveling across the country. Could be worse. Again, I'm pick a defense no, that Dol- fits your team. That's the Dolphins I, are okay. the Dolphins are a good defense. Like against bad teams, they perform. Against uh, good offenses, they just they don't screw it up. Like they didn't get you zero points um, against uh, Seattle. They got you three points. They didn't get you zero points against Buffalo. They got you two points. But against teams like Jacksonville, against teams like San Francisco, New York Jets, they got you double-digit points. Like they're a good defense. And against yeah. against like the Rams, I could see them getting eight, uh, what six to ten points. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, you know, certainly you don't like obviously like if you, if somehow you convince yourself you want to pay forty five hundred for a defense, like the Chiefs are a fantastic play. But again like we said last week with Buffalo, like the chiefs have to score a touchdown on defense to, to justify paying 4,500 for them. I don't care, you know, what else they do. So, so yeah, there, there's not a lot up there, but I think my Colt, the Colts are actually my favorite defense this week, but I'm not going to go out of my way to get up to 3,100 for them. Okay. So, um, and that concludes our longest podcast of the year. Um, somebody write Brian and tell him that he doesn't need to give really long explanations for every single player. Uh, <laughs> says the guy that read off the name of every quarterback listed yes read them off and then just gave a quick yes or no um, and that 
brings us to the end of our week eight podcast. So we will see you again for our week nine recap show. And until then, have a record-setting COVID weekend. And I feel and like go I should... out and vote or make a voting plan. Yes. Uh, if you're planning on sending in your ballot uh, in the mail, probably don't do that. Uh, there's a lot of places, a lot of Republican 